This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I wonder how many people are actually doing something to celebrate Martin Luther King's birthday either Yesterday yesterday or today, yesterday was his birthday. Today, everybody celebrates it with a day off from work. I guess it's like the 4th of July or anything like that. Most of the people just enjoying the day off, doing whatever, catching up on chores, errands, things to do, doing whatever, whatever you got to do, whatever that keeps you busy. How many people are actually even really thinking about Martin Luther King? I wonder. I don't know. It's an important day, I guess. He was a important figure in American history. A couple of other things that happen in history on this day. In 1863, the Marines invaded Hawaii. I didn't know that the Marines invaded Hawaii. No wonder we were never really welcome there. No wonder the locals never liked us. I, I, I got to look in more into the history of that. I was never aware of that. Station there. Now, maybe they didn't want people to know. Who knows? Uh, it's also the day that Ivan the Terrible took control of Russia. I don't really know too much about Ivan the Terrible, but sounds pretty terrible. Uh, and it's also another important day in the world of civil rights. Listen to this. On January 16th, 1864, General William Sherman issued Special Field Order Number 15. This is coming out of the Civil War. I guess during the Civil War. No, coming out of the Civil War. Right? To Here's what that order was. Now this is, you know, what what would you say? Basically a field general? Regardless, from a military order to do what? To confiscate the land of southern farmers in South Carolina... Georgia and Florida for what? To be distributed in 40-acre parcels to freed slaves. Restitution. Reparations, not restitution. And they were also to be given a mule. 40 acres of free ground. Which had me think. I wasn't aware of that. I happened to come across the history. I thought, this is really fascinating. All this talk about reparations. What, what, what provisions have already had already been made? Now, you could argue the effects of Jim Crow and uh, lending laws and uh, segregation policies, which I've seen firsthand. You could argue that... You know, these things have had lasting economic uh, impacts, but that's not, not, you don't really hear that stuff discussed. It's just, give me money, give me money, give me money. When does it end? Where did that land end up, I wonder? That could be a story unto itself, right? How do we know that even, just because he issued the order doesn't mean there was actually any land transferred, right? Who knows the truth about that? Anyway, I thought it was interesting. About as interesting as this, pearls melt in vinegar. I feel like I mentioned this not long ago, did I? be kind of interesting if I did. Well, the reason I mentioned that I think I said the other day that I gargled with apple cider vinegar to get rid of my sore throat, which worked really well. 
Uh, but you got to be careful. You got to make sure. You're, first of all, I dilute it pretty much. You can't just like gargle with straight vinegar. You'd have to be like, uh, I don't know, pretty tough to handle something pretty uh, stupid, probably, really. I don't think I would do that. Probably dangerous on some level. Anyway, you got to rinse out really well. Uh, dangerous for your teeth. Anyway, as I've always said, I'm just sharing some of the things that I do. I'm not telling you that, that that's the way to do things. January 15th, 1929, Martin Luther King was born in Atlanta, Georgia, the son of a Baptist minister. He received a doctorate in theology. So that's the Dr. Martin Luther King. Doesn't there people that contest that, whether that's appropriate? I would think it's okay. Influenced by Gandhi, me as well. Powerful orator. Martin Luther King appealed to Christian and American ideals and won growing support from the federal government and northern whites. Not those dirty southern whites, though. Uh, in 1964, 1964, was that 100 years after Sherman's order, the civil rights movement achieved two of its greatest successes, the ratification of the 24th Amendment, which abolished the poll tax, they called it. If you, I said this, if you, your ballot will come with your tax return, uh, people disagree with that, and they rely on this. And the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibited race, racial discrimination in employment and education and outlawed racial segregation in public facilities. But yet it seems to be making a comeback. Just it's anti-white this time. Later, Dr. Martin Luther King became the youngest person to win the Nobel Prize. So uh, you probably know all this. It's already been talked about. I'm not going to go on some big Martin Luther King thing. Uh, just not what I want to talk about. But I had one little question on all this, and I wonder if Dr. Martin Luther King would support this LGBTQIA flag. Because part of that flag is the brown, which, from what I understand, represents... Is that the indigenous people and the black as people of color? I forget. I don't know the whole symbolism of it. Who does? What's the, where, did, what's it, where did it originate from? It's really a political movement. And to somehow say that uh, indigenous and black and brown people are automatically grouped together with gays, lesbians, trans, and a whole bunch of other initials, I don't know if that's the best assumption. I don't know. I couldn't find a lot about it. Apparently he had a a gay, um, you know, somebody, you know, in his entourage there who was gay that didn't come out openly, but apparently King knew about it. But that's not my question. That's not what I asked. I mean, it's a Christian, right? And so uh, Christians sometimes have strong feelings in both directions about homosexuality. But in his case, it doesn't surprise me that, uh, you know, he would not have a problem having a relationship with a gay person. I'd be shocked if he supported this LGBTQIA movement. I really would. I'd be really shocked. You know what else I'd really like to know? Maybe we'll look it up for next year and be a good show. Who actually killed them?
who was behind all that. I don't know. You know, gay marriage, it created a lot of division. You know, looking back on it, I really believe that allowing gay marriage was a mistake. It was a a legal stepping stone to something. We uncorked something that we never could have imagined. Some people did, I guess. And I don't think gay people should be penalized, health care and access and all these things. I said then, I kind of changed my mind a few times, but at this point, I go back to where I started. I think you could allow a gay union, like a legal licensure or something like that, uh, but I wouldn't call it a marriage. I think it, it changed everything. It changed the definition of family. All these dominoes started to fall. And I, I don't know that we could, it, 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 it severed the foundation, I don't know, what would you say, cracked the foundation of our uh, of our society in a big way. I don't know, maybe I'm being a little dramatic. I don't think Martin Luther King would have went along with this LGBTQIA thing. And I don't look at the LGBTQIA thing as a gay rights thing, I really don't. Whatever, who cares what I have to say about it. And nobody's going to know what Martin Luther King had to say about it. So, as you know, Kevin McCarthy's now the Speaker of the House, for better or for worse. Uh, I mixed feelings. I kind of was hoping that maybe he wouldn't be. But I have to say, he seems like he's off to a decent start. I like where he's headed. I think the message is good. The message is that there needs to be checks and balances. uh, Checks and balances. And we need to bring some balance to this out-of-control president. Amen. Go, you know, whatever else happened, get it done. He wants to uh, pardon Trump from the impeachment. Go, get it done. Uh, But here's the big one. He wants to release all of the footage from January 6th. What if it turns out that that footage reveals that there should be uh, criminal charges? What would you say to that? Is there a fear of that? I don't know. I don't know if you saw... uh, Adam Schiff was having a little media meltdown about getting booted off the, uh, what is it, the Intelligence Committee, like he ever should have been on it. He's so funny. Like, this isn't what happens when the other party takes over. Not when a bunch of rhinos are running things. Those 10, you know, they made a big difference or whatever that small group was. Uh, Chip Roy and and, uh, what's her name, the short blonde. She's a little racy, to say the least, but they're getting things done. I said this before. It doesn't take a majority. I mean, look at um, Virginia there, uh, Mansion. He was running the whole government there for a while. His vote, everything rested on his vote. Here's an interesting little uh, throwback from the past, by the way. Speaking of history. Oh, before I get into that. Uh, All right, so McCarthy, he's going to release all the the January 6th footage. Fine, I guess we'll wait and see. Is anybody going to care? Probably not. The media won't cover it. Will they have hearings about it? That would be interesting. Counter hearings? (laughs) What a... the, The politics is just a bunch of waste of time. Is it not? What do you think of this document nonsense? Speaking of waste of time... We have the real problems, and all we're talking about is what these dead presidents have stuffed in their, their trunks of their cars and storage units. 
The White House says now that there's not going to be any gas stove ban. No ban on gas stoves. I can't believe After Ocasio-Cortex got everybody riled up, she put out that heartfelt video. She rents. She likes to tell everybody she rents. She rents, but she has a gas stove. I guess that's a thing now. I don't know. And then the White House, nah, we're just kidding about that. Who knows? I I told you it was a big joke. It was a big uh, distraction. Uncle Joe was laughing. He's like, see, they forgot about the documents already. They're so riled up about the stoves. Tell them they can keep their stoves. Oh, thanks, King Joe. What are people thinking? I don't understand their reactions. I just kind of laugh. How are you going to ban gas stoves? I don't know. People will be making their... Do you realize what a... What a gas stove is, there's not a lot to it. I guess you've got, um, I guess there's got to be some kind of regulator that doesn't allow the gas to get sucked back into the line if it's if it's ignited. I don't know much about that, like a, some kind of backflow preventer on there. But, I mean, it's just basically uh, a valve that turns on gas that comes out of holes in a pipe. It's not real much more complicated than that. You can absolutely build your own stove easily, actually. Now that I think about it, you could probably make a really cool grill if you wanted to. You could, like, use uh, black gas piping, drill holes in it, put a valve on it, and uh, you'd have to watch the back whatever on that. I'd have to look into that. I think you could have some kind of regulator on there to take care of that, right? There's a device. I'm sure you can get them. You just light it by hand, but you could do combination gas and, and wood. Charcoal, cooking, that could be cool. Do like a masonry unit. I think I'm on to something. Maybe they should be like a backyard designer. Uh, by the time I get to put it together, they will be banning again. No homemade gas anything. That would be the ruling. So, uh, was this about 300 years ago, almost, 1784 in February, the first U.S. ship... Uh, to trade with China sailed from New York. First ship is called the Empress of China left New York uh, to go trade with China. And I, I don't know what that, I think that ship might have been taking food. Don't quote me on that. Maybe not. China has always been big into trade and making stuff. That's what China's always been about, really. And it goes back to history with this country. Uh, before we were even a country, really. 1784, 1786, came the revolution, 1784. Even So be, before we were even a country, there was trade and influence from China. Isn't that kind of fascinating? Really fascinating when you think about it. That, that our relationship with China, the history with China in this country, goes back even before the beginning of the country. Really fascinating. Nobody really talks about that. I don't know much about it. I don't know what the implications are. I, I guess not a whole lot from what you can tell. I don't know if that's true, though, especially in places like San Francisco. You don't think there's an influence of Chinese uh, people and culture in this country? Sure there is. Absolutely there is, I think. Anyway, this lady came out, this interesting article. Uh, she's 96 years old. And she was alive during Mao. And she talks about people starving. Uh, There's a story in China that the hunger was so bad that a man started to eat himself. 
like I guess chewing on pieces of himself. By the way, I was thinking about this from a little different angle as I was out hiking over the weekend, taking good care of myself. I'm feeling quite a bit better. Thanks for asking. And uh, I was like, you know, your body, as far as like for energy source, because I was averaging 1,000 calories a day this week. I told you I don't recommend this. I was like, it's amazing. Your body will consume itself for energy, fat and muscle. It's like your own walking battery. Pretty amazing when you think about it. You need water, just like a battery needs water. Electric everywhere. Isn't that what Nikolai Tesla said? It's interesting when you think about it. I think it is. These frequencies and there's like a whole dimension there I don't think we really fully understand. I know I'm sounding a little like uh, uh, Twilight Zone-ish there, aren't I? I don't know. It's just fascinating to me. What else do you call it? There's basically a electronic pulse that's sent from your brain to fire the muscle and 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 uh, do all these other things there's a whole power plant and cooling system and it's self-generating it's amazing when you think about it except over time it has to be fed can't go on forever and this lady from china and she's concerned she says uh, particularly about z in China and the, the uh, totalitarian hardline approach to things and the references to Mao. I don't You know, it's a whole different world over there, whole different country. I have to imagine that, like, just like we were talking about the other day, the differences from one part of the country to the other extreme. But I'll tell you this, I, I when I see stuff like this, I, I and of course, she lives in the United States now, but... I think we should take these warnings seriously. People should be very careful. Limitations on government. That's why I said I completely applaud what Kevin McCarthy's doing. Yeah, put the, we don't need 87,000 IRS agents. Like, well, they're going to make the rich pay their fair share. Let me tell you something. I've told the stories here. I'm not going into it again right now. But people who've seen firsthand, you don't have to live under Mao. If you lived in the 70s under the heavy-handed... Uh, IRS, it was awful. I saw my family go through it. I know many people, they just go take money out of bank accounts and there was no appeals and it was impossible to get information. And even now, the tax system's too complicated. Why isn't it simplified? Trump tried to simplify it and they, they crucified him for it. God, God forbid that went further. God forbid we get like a flat tax. I'm, all right, I'm, I'm game. How about a one-page form for any kind of tax? Why is it that some of these big businesses uh, pay no taxes at all? I have mixed feelings on that. The reason you have uh, businesses of any size that don't pay taxes, federal income taxes, is they're paying plenty of other taxes, by the way. And that's why government allows it to go on. Because that economic engine is needed because it does provide so much. But let me just give you an example of how a business pays no income tax. Because it's happened to me. I've had quite a few years where I paid no federal income tax. And here's what happened. It's called accelerated depreciation. And if they take it away, it'll, it'll, destroy, it'll destroy the economy. It'll destroy, destroy real, estate, real estate. It'll destroy business. And I can prove it. It happened in the 90s. And you know who was the most outspoken against it was Trump. And he was right. You know, let's say uh, you're a business and you need to buy uh, five new vehicles to expand. 
five new vehicles, say $50,000 a vehicle in today's market. That's $250,000. Under the tax rules, vehicles are like a 10-year depreciation, I think, which means you can only write off $25,000 a year, which means you got to bring in like four hundred to pay the taxes to buy the cars. You see what I'm saying? And, and it becomes overwhelming, and especially if you're borrowing the money. You'd have to borrow the money for the asset and also uh, to pay the tax bill on it. So it's very important that businesses be able to take these deductions. And the only difference is that you're you're shifting the, the tax burden. The government, you know, gets plenty of tax gain, you know, when, when, when um, uh, you know, the stock goes up. And so the value of the company goes up. You say, well, Amazon didn't pay any taxes. Well, plenty of shareholders did when they sold their stocks. The value went up. Plenty of real estate taxes paid by Amazon. Plenty of uh, taxes paid by the workers at Amazon. Right? It goes on and on. There's just no income tax. The income tax is a horrible, horrible tax. It should be completely repealed. If we were to repeal the income tax and repeal real estate taxes and force government to rely simply on a, a flat tax of commerce, and I don't, maybe it's not a flat tax. Maybe different things are taxed at different rates, right? Maybe a, maybe a luxury boat is taxed much differently than food, right? But everything commerce-wise gets taxed. Maybe even food in that scenario. I don't know. Just, you know maybe it's 1% for food, 2%. You can grow your own food on your own land. You don't have to pay any taxes. But if you if you want to uh, buy it on the market, then you're going to have to participate and contribute to the whole thing. I don't know. You could go on and on about that. But it's the root of the problem. In- income tax is evil. It's a hidden tax on people. You don't realize what you're paying. It's, it's the biggest financial burden we have, crippling to retirements, uh, crippling to the formation of new families, crippling to the middle class needs to stop. Half the, half the people in the country, more than half, don't even pay any federal income tax. And the 2% at the top. So who's getting stuck with the bill of the middle class? Listen to this. A state of emergency in Peru. Deadly protests. Guess what they're protesting over? Yeah, it's more of those far-right election deniers down there. This whole thing has gone global. People have gone nuts. Nobody's trusting their elections anywhere. You don't say, hmm, I don't know why that could be. It seems like it's the same machines, the same uh, fingerprints, the same everything. Uh, People have just become awakened to it. No, no, they're far-right kooks. Kooky in Brazil and Peru, January 6th, right? Unbelievable. What do you want to believe? All these people are nuts, right? People are very divided. Nobody's disagreeing on that. So, the other big story, what's going on in Ukraine? It's like you don't hear a blip. Well, they were talking about sending helicopters, and then I saw that was pulled back. Not going to be sending helicopters. If you look at the news and what they're talking about sending, they're bringing Ukrainians to Oklahoma, Fort Sill probably, for Patriot missile training. Uh, Russia's already said, if you put Patriot missiles over here, uh, they're targets for us. So what does that mean? Well, you don't want Americans there. 
but they're going to allow the missiles with American training and tanks and Bradley fighting vehicles. Where does this end? Well, I don't know. Then I heard attack helicopters from Britain, but then uh, I saw that Britain said that that's not the case. Who knows? When's this stuff going to arrive? You know, it's not like you just hop in this equipment and go. It's got to, it needs logistical support, mechanics, ammunition, every, you name it. It's unbelievable what, you know, vehicle recovery teams. You know how long it's going to take to train and equip and, and get that all functioning? And then I guess it's what? It's like uh, the Ukraine military is going to be under the thumb of the American military? Like a, mili- uh, a quasi-American operation? For how long does that go on? They had Soviet stuff. They were a Soviet ally, I guess no more, a Russian ally, I should say. But I don't know. Now we don't, and it, that, it could take like a year at least to get all I don't even know how you do that in a year. Get all these people trained and move this stuff and you're going to get there and, and use it effectively? What, what's tank school? Got to be, I'm guessing, at least six months, something like that. <laughs> got to go through school. And you're going to spend some time with the unit and do some uh, exercises. You're talking a good year. Best case, not to mention the language barrier. I don't know. I'm sure they could take care of that pretty quickly. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's ways to do that differently. But anyway, you're not really hearing anything. It's going to take some time, right? And then what are they going to do? Is is Ukraine going to go on the big offense with all this American equipment then and, and reclaim these territories? I'm not really seeing that happening. I'll tell you what I'm seeing happening. Sure seems like, uh, well, Russia has air superiority, right? There's got to be some kind of an off-book deal here, right? Russia's not flying planes into Ukraine, not being declared a no-fly zone. Russia's like, don't send planes in here. Don't send the planes in, and we won't either. I don't know. I think there were Russian uh, helicopter attacks. I think there were some plane attacks. I don't know. Now everything seems to be uh, the drones and the missiles. Last I heard from Russian news is that uh, they're hitting the electric grid again trying to freeze them to death. And there's some indication, at least from the Russian propaganda, that that's the case, even with the military. Let me tell you something. you got to think long and hard about this with the electric grid going down and down and down and down. And you don't know when it's going to go down. This is going to be everywhere soon. Here, you know, we can make other provisions, generators, whatnot. Ukraine, it's cold. Power goes down, the heat goes down, everything goes quiet. The cities, the cities become a really scary place with no electric, no heat, right? Especially when the pipes start bursting, the damage, and we're not really hearing anything. Like, what, what is the, the impact of this? Another apartment building hit by a Ukrainian missile. Ukraine isn't really able to lie anymore about their... Uh, dastardly deeds. They were blaming Russia for all these civilian hits. You don't hear anything like that anymore. And Russia, it's like uh, the, the, the tide has, has shifted. The momentum has just really seemed to be much more on Russia's side. I don't know.
Where is it going? It just seems to be escalating, adding all these weapons. I don't know. Maybe Russia's going to just, you know, soften Ukraine up and then, I don't know, try and go in for like a spring assault. They're talking about some kind of full mobile. I don't know. Who knows? Got to wait and see. Anyway, let me leave you with this little story. Talk about this for a minute or two. Amtrak passengers stranded for uh, 29 hours on uh, uh, in South Carolina. 29 hours. Um, they thought they were kidnapped, I guess. Some passengers called 911 fearing they were being held hostage, prompting the conductor to announce, we're not holding you hostage. <laughs> Hundreds of Amtrak passengers in South Carolina were were stranded on a train for more than a day. Wow. Prompting several to call the police out of fear they were being held hostage. Train left D.C. Delayed 29 hours after being rerouted due to a derailed CSX freight train. Some of the passengers panicked. Um, They had to come across with this announcement. For those of you that are calling the police, we're not holding you hostage. The auto train, which allows passengers to travel with their vehicles, was set to arrive in Florida on 10 a.m. Tuesday. But after a scheduled stop in Virginia, it halted in Denmark, South Carolina, an hour outside of Columbia. After a long wait, the employees timed out, meaning they could not legally operate the train and had to wait for a new crew to arrive. The train had limited food supplies and multiple pets, in need of a bathroom break. Wow. Not to open their windows to smoke. Trapped inside. That's brutal. No food. No medical care. So, uh, this is a big deal, by the way, in terms of emergency planning and dealing with trains. Even a, a light commuter train. Maybe you're not going from by auto car you know, from D.C. down to Florida. I know somebody who did that. It's really interesting, right? Cool way to go, I guess. Just take your car on there and wonder what the cost of that is. Might be an interesting way to go. I'll have to look into it, actually. Uh, my wife just asked about going to Florida. Would it be an interesting way to do that? Anyway, uh, you could get stranded on a train. You're an hour away by train. That could be... 30, 40 miles even, right? Hour? Easily. So it doesn't have to be a you know regional train like that. If you're going to ride a train or really any public transportation, you really got to think about some kind of get-home provisions or, or at least shelter in place. These people had nothing. 29 hours. Dehydration alone, dangerous really. I don't know the extent of it. I have to believe that uh, there went in any real harm the way this was handled and, and put out, but who knows, really? I don't know. I'd be real happy. 29 hours. What do you do? Train derails. It goes down. And the train's out in the middle of nowhere. There's no way to get to people. I don't think people realize this. You know, it's it's it almost uh, like being uh, on, a, on a cruise ship, except there's no lifeboats. You're not in the water. There's no lifeboats. And what are you going to do if the train shuts down and, and it's a power out for 29 hours and it's zero degrees out? You know how cold it's going to get on that train? 
That's why, like, things I have in my get-home bag, little simple things like hand warmers. Do you know how life-saving that could be in, in certain scenarios? Just a little packet, something like that. I highly encourage you to think about it. You know, I talk about survival, trying to get uh, hooked up with Butch. We were connecting there, and then uh, I don't know if he, I got sick, but I'm going to follow up with him. I think one of the things I want to talk about, you know, this idea, he's the one that turned me on. He's like, oh, you really need a get home bag or a, a bug out bag, I guess he called it. I'm like, ah, you're nuts, man. You're just, you're too extreme for me. Guess what? I have one. I'm getting ready to make another one, a lightweight one, one I keep in the car. Thinking about one I can just move around easy enough to be caught with nothing. Brutal. 24 hours. you got to be able to survive 24, 48 hours. That's your key. And I keep talking about heat. Water is another one. You know, having a backpack on a train like that, I wouldn't go without it. At least a couple of bottles of water. How do you even plan for that? But then the big one, you got to be able to walk out. How many people are prepared to do that? That's why I say it all starts with how you take care of yourself. Really, that's the foundation. I mean, you can have all the hand warmers in the world, but if you don't have the ability to walk, what if that thing's not going to move? It's the only way out. It could happen someday. Not likely, really. Now you're getting into real extreme. But they, 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 listen, the possibility that you would incur a situation where you need 24 to 48 hours of provisions to take care of yourself, I would say it's pretty high right now. Even the FEMA, the federal government, putting out the same message. I can't believe I'm, I'm, I can't imagine I'm completely off my rocker. Think about it. Think about your vulnerabilities. I was thinking about it here, uh, about our security at home. We're going to tighten up a couple of things. Hey, God willing, uh, I hope to be back tomorrow. Uh, there might be a couple of days this week I'm not back because of a couple other commitments. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. All right? I hope to see you there in the meantime. Make it a great day.